on the pod again. I can't wait to get on the pod again. Looking at guitars with Steve, my guitar friend. Hi. I just yelled it. That would be so annoying. Like this? Hum! Yeah, that was pretty annoying. That was pretty annoying, yeah. I bet my wife is like, what the hell? The kids are yeah. asleep. Hey, everyone, I'm Ryan. And I'm Steve, and this is 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar buying, selling, trading, fixing, mining, working, reviewing, playing podcast. That's true, Steve. This, well, later. Later on in this episode, we're going to talk about whether or not, you know, we even need big brand guitars, mm-hmm. Right. Right, but first... We're going to talk about this guitar. It's called a Split 6, and uh, the ad copy says Fender USA Split 6, and then in the notes it says Fender USA Split 6, 3-lay sensor. Because it is a Fender USA Split uh, 6. American Standard Stratocaster, and that's all it says. It's 300,000 yen. You want to take a guess at what that is in U.S.? Um... This is a 40th anniversary American Fender. Apparently, this is a prototype because they have a a proto tag here. Oh, interesting. It's official. Um, I have no idea. 300,000 yen is. I think it's. I bet it's like. Like $6,000. No, no. I think it's under two. Let's find out. I I think it's under $2,000. Yen to USD. I was I was looking at like, well, Henning and and Glenn and a couple other people went to Japan after the island, and they were sending me photos 20, of twenty twenty two thirty twenty two hundred twenty two hundred and 2200? ah so just above two thousand. They were sending me photos from uh from like uh, vintage Yamahas and stuff. Yeah, and so I was figuring out like the yen conversion. Mm. <laughs> yeah, this is a like I said, this is built on a fortieth anniversary, so about nineteen. 54 or sorry 1994 so this is this is close to a concept that you've joked about is lining up individual pickups underneath individual strings yeah only in this case it's uh two strings per pickup yeah in theory i don't know this is a prototype and and looking at it now that it's been done i don't know if this works man look at how much pickup is underneath the low e yeah, it's not enough. I want to hear it. Yeah, I want to hear it too. I want to play with it. I don't. I, you're right. It probably does not work well. But do we know what year it is? Did we ever figure that yeah, out? Yeah, 1994. 1994. So it's not like it's like a crazy vintage thing at this point. That's uh, you know a 30 year old guitar. So if it was the 90s and we were talking about a 30 year old guitar. In the 90s, we would definitely be like, oh, that's a vintage <laughs> guitar. But for some reason, this, a 90s guitar now doesn't feel vintage. So this is actually listed on... Um, it's got no switches or knobs. It's just straight to output. This is listed on Reverb for I'll, five for 5000 I love the color. Fender's prototype split six. It was planned as a commemorative model for the 40th anniversary but it seems that it was not produced because it was judged that there was no demand for it in the end. Yeah, no kidding. As you can see, it has the shape of a Strat, but the controls are unique, probably based on the standard Strat of the time. No volume or tone. Lace sensor pickups are in a unique position. Output jacks are stereo. 
Wow. One on the six-string side and two on the one-string side, wired in parallel. According to the previous owner, this was designed to meet the demand for line recording. It's impossible to say for sure whether this uh, is authentic or modified later. As far as the paint and wiring treatment is concerned, I believe it was original Fender. So this gets back into that um, triple telly thing. Right. Like, that's what they're saying. Like, that's what the why the this was actually in stereo. Or because it, it lays down two tracks at once, so you get paid twice as much. Yeah. Payola telecast. But does it called. sound good? Do those two tracks sound good? <laughs> it depends on if you're good. I Well, yeah. If you're good, you're good. Tone, it's not in the fingers. It's in the good. It's in the good. It's in your, it's in your mind. It's in your balls. It's in your ears. And it is in your balls, like Steve said. That is true. It tone is in your, balls. Tone balls. How how toneful That's, are your gonads? <laughs> go to the doctor and check your gon. Have them check your gonads for, for tone, tone fluid. I was gonna say that's why women are are not good at guitar. They have genitals as well. To, you know, they have tube tone. They have tone. They have to, tone furries. <laughs> Men have tone sticles and women have tone furries. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh my gosh! Whatever, whatever uh, you know, pipes you got going on down there. That's where the tone is found. Yeah. If it's in your tovaries or in your tonesicles, that's where tone is stored. Apparently, <laughs> I want this to be an actual like Fender thing. I don't want this to be something somebody hacked up. It says prototype on the tag. I It does, I, and it says split six. Oh, I think maybe they're just saying that that dual output might be Oh no, I don't might know. be uh not part of the prototype. I love the color. I love the look of the pick guard without any knobs or switches. It just looks so clean. I I wanna try it. I don't twenty two hundred dollars wanna try it, or definitely five thousand dollars wanna try it off of reverb there. Um, if this was in a shop and I had the chance to try it, I would totally put my hands on it's it. It's real plug pretty. It it's real pretty. Like they should, they should do this color combo, this misty purple with a parchment guard with yellowed pickups, no knobs. Like I would love this just a single pickup, no knobs straight to output, like a single strap pickup, you know? And I, like a, one of those covered laces, it would look so classy. I'd I'd be into it. Yeah. But yeah, not not for twenty two hundred. And I'm not saying it's not worth that. I'm just saying that you know I'm not going to pull the trigger on that. But I love the look. I think it's really quirky. I think it's really interesting. I have my doubts about how it's going to sound with that low E, almost barely getting towards the center of maybe one pull on that pickup. Okay, but th- okay, let's think about this. I don't know what the answer is, right? Right. So normally, your string passes over a uh, a portion of the pickup that is only as wide as the string. So in this case, the low E string, the one you are so concerned about, that's not the whole issue, though. Is is passing over pretty much the same amount of pickup that it normally would. The issue is that the the A string is passing over the like whole pickup. four times as much so, pickup as it normally would. So that would. so that's my question is There's does, gonna that, be imbalanced. does that make it unbalanced? Yeah, absolutely. It has I've to never be. tested it. I, I wouldn't know. 
there's no way that that low E isn't completely drowned out by muddiness from that from the fa- a. from the A and presumably the D. Well, then the, the D- D's got two got half of one pickup and half of the other pickup. It might be it might be humbucking. Maybe it's itself. just the angle that we're looking at, but it looks like it's pretty straight on, and it's like I don't know the the way it's lined up feels suspect to me. But maybe it works. What do I know? Maybe it works out just fine. Maybe it's ideal. Sounds like a video maybe, to test this idea. I'm not gonna. I'm never gonna do the work <laughs> to test. Are you kidding me? Absolutely uh, no uh, way. Uh, uh, and uh, like. Uh. You could, I think you could pull off doing the one string per pickup with the, the horizontally. If it's fully, if it's fully p- parallel. But I, I think whatever. you could do it with hot rails. Get a, get a blade hot rail. Yeah. Underneath. They make those single coil hot rails. Oh, do they? Like they make single rail pickups. Right. That are small, that are like real tiny. Well, yeah, you could make a pickup out of half a hot rail. Yeah. And I've always, I've always wanted to try that just to see what it sounds like. I think it's you know? a good idea. I, I think it's a good idea too. I want to try it. Like it, it, in like, here's a thought that I've had is a guitar where you know, like the the string moves more at the neck position than it does at the bridge, which yeah. is why it's common to be getting more output from your neck pickup and then have to get Boy. your bridge pickup closer to the strings. I want a guitar that's got the biggest pickup at the bridge and then each pickup going forward gets smaller and smaller. So humbucker at the bridge, mini bucker in the middle, and then like a single blade of a hot rail in the neck. Okay. Or maybe drop sound pretty fast. Yeah. How about, I I guess it could be four pickups. It could be humbucker, mini bucker, hot rail, single blade of a hot rail. (laughs) What if you use like a baritone so you could have more like a longer, slightly sure. longer body? You could have all the mud, pickups. Mudbucker, humbucker, mini humbucker. Uh, no, uh, humbucker, P90, Jazzmaster pickup, mini humbucker, Strat single coil. Uh, no, Dan Electro lipstick. Strat did you, did coil. you put a wide range in there? Oh, you need a wide Mudbucker, ranger. wide ranger, PAF, mini bucker, uh, hot rail, single coil from a hot rail. <laughs> someone, someone designed this. Photoshop it up, guys. Uh, I'm not going to do it. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, should people buy this? I don't know. I don't think the price is ridiculous for a 30-year-old prototype guitar that's super-duper quirky. I guess it depends on what site you buy it from. I think, all things considered, that's a cheap collector's guitar. If you're looking to have something weird in your collection, then it checks the boxes. It's weird. It's collectible. You're probably not going to gig with it unless you find out that it sounds amazing. It's weirdly collectible. You're going to pull it out at Christmas and holidays and show people like, look at this weird thing that I got. And it's, you know, 2,200 bucks or maybe $5,000, depending on where you buy it. Apparently. There you go. I'm not upset by the price at all. I just like looking at it. I think it's fun. I got nothing else. All right, let's move on. Uh, this part of the show is called housekeeping. Uh, if you want to support the show, head on over to patreon.com slash 60 cycle humcast as seen here or in the description. Uh, and you can support the making of this program and other things on this channel, but mostly this program for as little as a dollar a month. <sighs> Only a dollar a month, Steve. Yeah. 
That's crazy. You could support this channel and all the content that we make for only a dollar a month. We've got a few tiers with different levels of reward, but really the the minimum is a dollar. And you know what? We've talked about this before. Patreon says that we should raise that minimum to $3. You know what? Not going to happen. I'm going to make a $3 level. That is the same. It's like the $1 level with added bragging rights, but you don't, don't get anything for it. What if you chose? It's like the mini brag. What if you chose to give up one trip to Starbucks per month? Per month. Think about how, like taking that money, sending our way, and then when you show up to the office and you show up to work, just wrecked, not awake at all, unable to function, and your coworkers, your boss, your employees are like, what is up with you? Why are you so terrible? terrible right now you look like you're just having an awful time say it's ryan and steve's fault what about that scenario consider working that into your life huh just you know what is that you you must spend like 18 47 dollars a time you go to starbucks so one of those times it's pledge like that 550 i don't know how much coffee costs <laughs> <laughs> All right, this show is also brought to you by String Joy. That's right. Strings made on their own machines in Nashville, Tennessee. In Nashville, Tennessee, where musicians live. They're playing on stages worldwide, but they're made in Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah, they have their own machines. They bought their own machines and started making their own strings. And you know how many string companies have their own machines? Like four, maybe. Yeah. There's a link in the description of this video. There's a code. It's H-U-M. You get 10% off. It's basically a really good deal. Go check them out. 10% off. And if you use that code, H-U-M, then they know that you came from us. And that makes us look good. And that makes us like you even more. I mean, if they click the link, they'll also know that we sent them. Right. Anyway, this episode is also brought to you by Bigger Pedals. They make this. We got to remember to sign those posters tonight. Oh, yeah. Let's do that right Uh, after this episode. Hopefully we won't forget. If you want to know about... Unique product launches like the Wacka or when other things at Big Air Pedals are in stock, get on their mailing list, follow them on socials, do the thing, biggerpedals.com. I need to They're, put that on my gigging I, board. I don't know if they are in stock as of like this, when this episode will air, but at least the well, last I looked, they did have some B-Stock Albies and they had a few, a handful of other pedals uh, in their store that are currently in stock, so... Go check that out. Go check that out. All right. This next ad. Oh, yeah. From Benjamin Privet. We got ourselves a flamey guitar here. Hot, hot guitar. Fender Akai. This guitar, guitar, super rare, custom flame inferno, one of a kind rare. Fender Akai, Yamaha Gibson. It's all of those things. A real buyer. Call the numbers. Dial a one. Carrot, carrot. No, I don't even nine bother to. Trying to read what that. What the fuck? I have no idea. Are you just supposed to be? Is it one one nine two five two one four three eight six six? I don't know. They're trying to get around Craigslist, trying to block them from putting a phone number. I which don't. Is re- stupid. I don't reply to text or email. Guitar Ibanez Custom Flame, fifteen hundred dollars. No low ballers. I'm pretty sure this isn't an Ibanez either, or an Akai, or a Yamaha, or a Gibson. It's got a. It does have an Ibanez bridge in it and a, a Demarzio pickup apparently. They're just putting in keywords trying to get someone to be interested in this thing. Who knows who it's made by, but it's not any of those companies. 
Because I didn't what pick out a detail on this that makes you think, oh yeah, Ibanez made this. Well, the bridge says Ibanez on it. Does it where? Right there. Oh, you got a close-up photo it's there. Not, I didn't even see it that. Says Ibanez. Well, then it's got an Ibanez part to it. Maybe no, it I is. I think some... it's just an Ibanez part. I don't think Ibanez made that. Well, looking at the details, I mean, maybe it started out as an Ibanez headstock and someone modified it. Nah. Yeah, you're probably right. There's not a is yeah. Let's see. Ibanez flame guitar. Does There's it... not enough wood in an Ibanez headstock to to pull that Wait, off. What did Ibanez? Holy hell, we're just going to find out. We're finding out live right now that this is an Ibanez guitar. But what does the headstock look like on it? It looks like an Ibanez headstock. Yeah, see? But this one's like real close, and it's called Ibanez RG97 2001 Christopher Woods First Vi Flame Guitar. But it's got an Are Ibanez. you looking at like a crazy prototype? What, show me what the neck heel looks like. Now, see, like... I look at this. This is this oh, is yeah, some sort of Gibson-y thing, and someone got an aftermarket. I, I think I agree. I think this is more than likely some kind of Gibson-y thing. And then they someone slapped uh, their preferred pickups and an Ibanez bridge on it. They found on eBay. And you never know, though. Like, what if we're super duper wrong? And this is like the serial number zero 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 prototype it's, it's the original yeah it's the original prototype. that the rest were all based on sort of thing but that neck heel is screaming not ibanez at all like there's never been an ibanez neck ever that has that fretboard hang over there like come on i can't even i can't even find another flame guitar that has that specific neck heel thing going on I do kind of like the body shape on this more than that Ibanez that you showed me though. And the, and the, the white humbucker does look killer on that red yeah. flamey burst. Like it's yeah. just, it, that just looks great. And even the, the aged Ibanez trim, like that Floyd Rose looks, looks great. Like it, it looks like one of those pawn shop guitars. Like, yeah, I, I got to touch this thing. I got to try this thing. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm getting real strong Shibson vibes from this. $1,500, man, in Pittsburgh. You mean I got to get $100 15 times to buy yes. this? Yes. And I got to go to Pittsburgh? Or you got to get one, or you got to get $15 a hundred times. And it's going to take me at least a dozen times to figure out what this guy is trying to get me to do with a phone number here. Like, which of these are the correct numbers? You know? <laughs> I think the numbers are the correct numbers. And everything else is just filler? Yes. <sighs> I hate it. I hate that. Just, you know, let me email you. you you're on a computer. I'm right. This is the thing that drives me nuts with Facebook or like all Craigslist for years is I don't reply to text or email. You're on a computer. I actually, when I do Craigslist, I don't give out my phone number until I'm ready to like transact. I don't give out my phone number ever. You just do it 100% over, just email. over email. Yeah. Yeah. I mostly... Like, you don't need to call I, me. I pretty much do it all through Telegram and WhatsApp. So every time I try to give right. away a prize on the channel through Telegram or WhatsApp, yeah, no, one, no one ever reaches out to that's me. That's always real. You're always like, hey, this is this is 60 cycle hum, and you won. I'm going to give you... A flame guitar is worth fifteen hundred dollars. I use a just, lot of emojis. Hit me up on Telegram and I'll send you my WhatsApp number. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> Congratulations, you won. It's actually been a while since that scam. 
I was perpetrated I'm, on our channel. Yeah, and I was gonna say uh, I did go way, way out of my way to like try to block all, block, block all the keywords, but those keywords just send it to the the held for publishing. Ah, so we would still see them. All right. So yeah, maybe YouTube finally did something about it. I, I don't hope know. so. Jeez, you think they could have fixed stuff like that overnight? Like, like anytime there's like a like a yeah. new account. Or like an account changes its name and is spamming people the same comment over and over and over again and saying stuff about Telegram. You'd think they would be able to catch that. Like just with a, like a simple algorithm. It would just you, be like, you would, hey, this this behavior, catch it every single time. You would think with, you you know, Google has a reverse image search function. Right. It's almost like YouTube should be running reverse image search functions on on platform i mean i guess that like that like gets any the whole time, like profile verification thing anytime an account assumes the uh artwork that is similar to the thumbnail of another channel like that should get flagged you know right I mean, we don't need to spend the the evening complaining about this particular thing it just doesn't make any sense to me all this technology that we have and they can't they can't solve that stuff in a day good grief doesn't make sense to me you got anything else now, I don't know if anyone should buy this for $1,500. It's a cool shape. I'm sure it's more affordable than the real deal. Um, I have no way of knowing if this is a decent playing guitar. I have no idea where it was made, who it was made by. It looks like it's got some decent parts thrown into it. Maybe those pickups and the bridge will make it worth it to someone, at least worth going to check out. They want to go hold it and kick the tires. I don't know. If this is your thing, you want to play hot licks with a guitar that looks like it's made out of flame. I mean, this is your chance. I don't have any other critique. This is from AliExpress. It, there you go. I knew I it. I think all the parts, that means all the parts are fake. You think that's a fake Ibanez bridge? It looks aged. Like even the tuners look kind of dusty and aged. Yeah, man, check this out. Oh, that doesn't have the stamp on it. Though. I'm telling you, I think someone, I think someone bought a Chipson or an AliExpress. And put in actual an actual DiMarzio. They, they upgraded parts. Yeah, I think they put in the DiMarzio because the, the single coil is not marked. But that bridge pickup is definitely. Yeah. I maybe, mean, look at the. I mean, maybe that's the case. I just Look can't. at the pole pieces, you know, like the, the pole pieces on the single coil look like your standard cheap ceramic, you know, single coil. And then the DiMarzio pull pieces, they look legit. They actually look kind of aged, too. And that bridge and the tuners have that misty, aged look to them. So that is my suspicion. Like even the uh, the locking nut looks like it came off of uh, yeah. an aged guitar. The rest, no. The rest looks brand spanking AliExpress new. So someone bought this for their cover band or whatever, and now they're done with it. And now, what, how much is the one on AliExpress? Five hundred. Yeah, you don't. I don't think there's a thousand dollar markup here because of the parts included. So now we have something to talk about. Don't buy it for that price. Get one off of AliExpress instead for five hundred dollars. I mean, it's even got like the same red. No, that's like, it. The 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 neck heel thing. The the, the yeah. That's that's the giveaway. All right. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Don't buy. Don't buy it for fifteen hundred dollars. Offer this guy if you wanted to buy this one local. Two hundred dollars. No, because it's got some nice parts on there. Two hundred and fifty dollars. It's I, gonna have to have a bridge anyway. Tell him to put the original bridge back, and you'll buy it for two hundred dollars. 
All right. All right. I, well then I, I think offering, I think, I think offering 550 for it as it is, if you want this shape, Ryan, it's $500 new. Why would you pay more? Because it's got premium upgrades. It's parts. used. I'm saying it's a side grade. Then why does it cost more? It's 500 new. 500 new. Okay, You're then side 500 new. You're side grading and it's gaining $5, $50. No, I said, okay, I, I, I miss, I mean, I mean, offer $500 so that All they right. can recoup, you know, what they paid for it off of AliExpress, but then you're gaining the their part. mistake of, of putting the parts on there. All right. All right. It's, at least that's a decent place to start the conversation. Ryan. Yeah. We were supposed to talk about this like a month I ago. Oh, and I feel so bad about it. We went to the They Might Be Giants show right before NAM, and then yeah. all our talk in NAM kind of eclipsed it all and it slipped our minds. But it was an amazing show. Yeah, it was a lot of fun and it rained. It rained. It was like drizzling. But it was like there was something kind of romantic about that. Yeah, we you made know? out. Steve and I kissed a little bit. <laughs> we didn't. That's not true. <laughs> so what happened is uh uh, they might be giants had a, a show scheduled here uh, pre COVID and then COVID happened and they had to cancel the tour. Yeah. And so everyone that was, that had bought tickets was just, has been sitting on their tickets for a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. So they reannounced the tour and then they added dates because they had already sold out, you know, dates mm-hmm. before it was canceled. They added dates in it, it, on their tour to sell more tickets to pad out the tour. And so they added a date to the San Diego stop. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, that, I'm going to, I'm going to jump on it. I'm going to buy some tickets for Lauren and I, and we're going to go. And so those of you who don't know, uh, John, uh, has, has been listening to the podcast. John F. Cause John they're, F. Cause they're both John. John. They're both, they're both John. That's right. Yeah, John, John Flansburg. Flansburg. Uh, has been a 60 cycle home listener. Hi, John, uh, for years and years and years now, which, uh, I try not to think about it cause it makes me feel really self-conscious and, <laughs> and intimidated that, you know, like a musical hero of my youth is listening to the, this dumb thing that I do yeah. on the internet. Yeah. Uh, but I shot him an email. I'm like, Hey, looking forward to seeing you guys. We've just bought tickets. And he replied, not too long after that, I was like, oh, hey, that's fantastic. Like, let me know if you want to get any friends on, like, a guest list. And we'll, like, put you in the VIP section. And I was like, well, shoot, I'm not going to turn down that offer. It was going to be a date with me and my wife, but now we're going to bring friends into the mix. <laughs> and so I actually, I opened it up to you, to you and your wife and Steve yeah. and his wife. I'm Steve. You're Steve. <laughs> <laughs> and the wives couldn't do it, but you and Adam came. And then uh, uh, and then my friend Shane came along as well, owner of Hodad's, one, yeah. one of my favorite uh, burger places here in town. And we all went as a group to uh, to go see They Might Be Giants, and we got to stand in the, the VIP section, which is like a balcony. And it was an outdoor show, and it was yeah, raining. The, the VIP is was interesting, but I've been in other VIPs that are like uh, just side stage. Like, so it's it's actually kind of weird because you're really close, but you're also like looking like they they are performing out. Right. Right. And you're looking at like the side of their heads the entire time. I had the, I had a question in my head the whole time. Yeah. What was your question? And I, I knew my, 
I knew Lauren's answer. So it was like, well, I'm just going to stay here. I was like, is this the best place to be for this show? Because we're pretty far away, but we were, you know, elevated. Mm-hmm. We we weren't crowded. We had r- plenty of room to like kind of stretch out and kind of not be worried about bumping into each other and feeling like elbow to elbow yeah, with everyone yeah. and stuff. There was something very nice about that experience. But part of me wonders like if I would have had more fun, you know, squeezing up to the front. I, I, I mean, I think every, for everyone, it's different. I, um, I would have liked to, if the VIP section was somehow closer. Um, but that being said, I did like appreciate because I'm more of a, like, we didn't have to stay there, but we no, did. No, no, we didn't. We, we were obviously having a great time. And I know that Lauren preferred being up there too. She's, right. she's not, you know, like a get in the pit at the concert type right. of person. <laughs> and I'm, also there were, there were bar stools up there. So we were able to sit and stuff. I'm not, I, I would say like, I'm more of a casual fan. Like I now I own like two of their albums. Mm-hmm. One of which is just a compilation. I rent um, most of their albums, but I own a couple. <laughs> You, do you rent to own <laughs> as a lease? Uh, and um, I'm saying like that, so I don't like. Sure, I don't sure. Like, so th- this was the Flood tour. Yeah, I had never listened to Flood all like from. Why did I to even? I know, you? right? Why were you there? Uh, so it's like I knew the I knew like the big songs off of that album, but I right. didn't know. Uh, so I didn't know a lot of like the other songs that aren't. You know, basically, I didn't know any of the songs that weren't Birdhouse or Istanbul. Oh, I, I knew I didn't know all their new material because they were sneaking some new material. Yeah. In. But everything off of Flood is just like, oh, my gosh, I've listened to this album probably a thousand right. times, you know. Um, so I think uh, I think that um, for me, like it was a good spot to be because I could kind of just enjoy mm-hmm. the music, but I didn't feel like. Oh, I'm surrounded by super fans. I mean, there were people who were just like dressed up as like characters from their music videos. Right, right. So like there was, I don't, there was like a guy in an orange jumpsuit. I'm pretty sure that's a music video reference. I don't know which one. I mean, they might be giants as one of those bands where it's like the fandom is gonna skew pretty nerdy. There was like a kid in a tuxedo. Yeah. People were dressing up. They were and literally like kids. Like that was one of the cool things about that show. Is it's like, not, yeah. not like literal children, but like the demographic range was wild. Yeah, you know we're there. I figured most of the people there were probably going to be like our age or older, and they probably were. Well, it's a band that spans so many right. generations. Like it is like a, a f- you know far backside of Gen X, or yeah. maybe young yeah. side of Boomers reach all the way back through their history. Yeah. All the yeah. way up through, like, they're all over the Disney Channel. Oh, are they? Yeah, they, they did all the, the music for, like, the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse and oh, stuff. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they're all over, like, kids' music. Yeah, so I, I was just thinking, like, there were definitely a number of people I saw there where I'm like, you're you're not old enough to drink, are you? Right. No, totally. Or, like, or maybe, you know, they or were, just like, 23, 24. College you know? kids and stuff College, like that. College, exactly. Yeah. So I, I thought that was really cool. Yeah. So my my side quest for the night is uh, you you didn't meet up with us, but Lauren and I and Adam and oh. Shane <laughs> yeah. we went and got Mexican food. Yeah. Uh, before we went to like a sit down restaurant, and we're sitting there like ah oh, we're kind of strapped for time. Like we don't really have time to sit and like pour over the menu. Let's uh let's let's try to figure this out quickly. And and uh, Shane was getting fajitas, and I look around at the table. I look at Lauren and Adam. And I was like, should we all get fajitas? And everyone was like. 
Let's all get fajitas. And we we didn't just get fajitas. We all got the exact same fajitas. Because right. there's like four different fajitas was on the like, menu. So was it like ste- all steak, all chicken? No, it was the mix. All it was, tri- all it was, it was, it was steak, it was chicken, and it was bacon-wrapped shrimp, which was divine. That seems a little extreme. But it was like, if I could just like order I would a, go for a it. plate of those bacon-wrapped shrimp and, and bring it to like a Super Bowl party, I would be a yeah. hero. They were... Amazing. But the spectacle of ordering four fajitas and all four of them came out at the same time. Like everyone in the restaurant turned and looked at us and they all started like rising to their feet and just like it started as a slow clap. And then everyone's just like, yeah, cheering for us as we ate our fajitas and they're just sizzling and steam is yeah. flying over. John, ben- no one actually noticed. No one, John a- Bender, no one cared. John Bender started walking through the room. Uh, <laughs> Simple Minds came on over the, the house speakers, which is weird because it was Miguel's and usually they play like flamenco music over the speakers. But all of a sudden, you, <laughs> don't you forget about me. But... Uh, the problem with that is I absolutely stuffed myself with fajitas and table chips and salsa and tortillas. And I was on the edge of throwing up like most <laughs> oh, of the concert. Man. And because we were in the, the VIP section paid off yeah, because of that. Because you didn't because get it jostled. Was, no, I just didn't. I not only didn't get jostled, I also had quick escapes if I needed it. Right. Also, we were on this balcony that wrapped around over to the harbor because it was uh, 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 Humphreys by the Bay, which is like right on the bay. And I kept going over to this balcony that was going over the bay and like gripping the rail (laughs) and getting like that gross like hyper saliva that happens right before you throw up and feeling that burp happen where it's like, you start to lurch a little bit. Like I'm about to throw up fajitas into the bay. <laughs> we're the, we're like the V we're like the, the ushers like looking at you and being like, what the hell? I was no. So there's, there Did was, you go like back behind the building. Yeah. Over to all over far to the oh, left that wrapped okay. around. Uh, there was like security down around the corner that if I started throwing up, they would have seen, they would have noticed. I could still see the stage from there. I could look across and I could still see the Johns playing. <laughs> playing their songs i'm over there while they're playing birdhouse in your soul <laughs> like gripping the rail like oh, oh man. man i'm so happy to be here there was because there's like the the boat slips the docks with everyone's like boats over there there's yeah. sailboats and stuff and there was a guy standing on the dock like watching the show and i'm like that guy is definitely going to notice if I start throwing up. Like he's going to hear it hitting the water because, like the the balcony is like a good twenty feet yeah. off the water. Yeah, yeah. So when it hits, it's just going to be splash, 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 oh splash, splash, and this it's going to be fajita chunks. This you know. Is horrible. <laughs> Thankfully, I didn't throw up, but I was like on edge for most of the show. <laughs> so I had a memorable time, and it was raining, which was like I said earlier yeah. was strangely romantic. Uh, I think the band had it a lot worse than the people in the audience. Oh, for sure. Because it was coming from behind the audience, but then flying directly into the stage, and you could tell that they were just having a yeah. rough time. Well, and it was it was kind of gnarly uh, because the the so this show was on a Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. I think it was that weekend. It was like eighties up where I live, so probably seventies down here. 
And then that day, I don't think it got above 60 the entire day. Right. Like the, the marine layer never burned off. That's only Which a few is, degrees above freezing in San Diego. Like that basically is freezing in San Diego. <laughs> well, I mean, when you have like, when you think like, oh, winter, like we just had the, like the breakthrough weather weekend winter's over and then right, it just right. goes straight back to like, just it, kidding. It was that like early spring, like tease and then wasn't spring anymore. Yeah. It was back to winter feelings yeah. for stuff, but it was this light. Kind the of chupacabra misty. came out and saw its shadow. <laughs> kind of like misty drizzle that felt kind of moody. And for San Diegans, like, you know, like experiencing weather is a treat for us because yeah. it's so exotic. You know, a little bit of wet weather uh, really doesn't bother us because, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's a treat. We don't get that often. But I think that it's the, like rice aroni. This is a San Francisco treat. The band, I mean, they they did excellent. It didn't sound yeah. they they didn't play like they were troubled by it at all. But you could tell that they were probably like, "What the hell? We're in San Diego. Why is this weather miserable for us right now?" And everything, all our instruments are wet. Hopefully, insurance covers this. You know, this keyboard and stuff. You know? <laughs> so, anyways, sorry. That it took us a month to get around to telling the tale. It's still fresh in our minds, though. Yeah. Had an excellent time. It was a great night. Really I bought a Nam. shirt, and I wore it at NAM, and people at NAM were like, oh, were you at the show? Oh, yeah. People yeah. were real excited about that shirt. Yeah, they were more excited I, about the shirt than seeing me. I got socks, and I got a, oh, I got, yeah, I got a vinyl. I got a vinyl, too. I, I have, don't have a record player, but I got a vinyl. I have a record player, but it's not set up right now. I need to finish getting that set up. Uh, we're we're building a new little like console uh, table for a record player mm-hmm. situation. So I need to I need to wrap that up. I just got grill cloth for it because it's going to have speakers on the side sort of thing. Cool. I should post pictures of that when it's done. I'll yeah. do that. Yeah, show off my little record cabinet that I'm working on, hobbling it together. It's going to be it's going to be cute, but it's also going to be like kind of ghetto. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's open some mail. Yeah, we got mail here. You open the letter. I'll open this. Uh, this big boy here. Uh, here is the address to our UPS box. If you want to send us mail, you, you know, as long as it's legal and safe and it's not going to get you or anyone else in trouble, send us whatever you want to. Stickers, CDs, albums, Ooh, here's handwritten a, notes. Here's a couple of alien guitar picks. Oh, cool. Hi, Ryan and Steve. I collect picks and was hoping to trade with you to get a 60-cycle hump pick or maybe a dinosaur ghost pick. Thanks, Greg. Ooh. I don't think there are dinosaur ghost picks. There aren't, but that would be great. Oh, he sent a. Uh, this is Greg Scott. He sent a re- self a self addressed stamped return envelope. So I will take this. You know what? I've got two Ryan used sixty cycle hump picks right here. One in very rare and very worn pink. I'm gonna slide. Do you have these. any that aren't worn out? Dude, these have been used on this show. You don't think that he wants not. these? I mean, I don't know. Maybe he wants to use them. If you've got fresh ones at home, throw them into the mix, Steve, and, and send it. This is a great way this, to do things. This one, you know what? This one's pretty fresh. Yeah. The pink one is a collector's Here's what item, I'm, okay? Here's what I'm going to do. We're going to seal this I've up. I probably chewed on it. You could probably clone me by extracting my DNA out of it. Look at those cute little alien picks there. Well, they're either cute or terrifying, depending on uh, your previous experience with aliens. I like that system. Like, 
Maybe we should have a pile of stickers and pics, and if people send us a self-addressed and stamped postage, we just throw it in the mail. If we do that, you might need to order a lot of stickers. I'll do it. All right. You can put this in your mailbox tomorrow. I'll put that in my mailbox tomorrow. You just showed his address to everybody. I'll blur it out. <laughs> you think you think people are going to be able to read it? Yeah, they're going to pause it and they're going to zoom in, especially when you're just going to hold it there forever. I like that you have our mail, uh, our address memorized, yep. Steve. I don't. Serious business. So this is a book I found out about on Twitter. Wait, did you order this? I didn't order it. Uh, Sully. Uh, Complete guitar wiring. Sully uh, made, made a post about it. And I liked it, and they reached out and said, hey, do you want to check it out? So this book is called uh, Complete Guitar Wiring by Jerry Hayes, forward by Dan Erlewine. Dan Erlewine is a legend in uh, guitar tech. Guitar legend as, and he's not even real. Not that kind he's of like legend. Like he's, he's one of the OG Stumac kind of guys. Wow, this is wild. This is a lot more in-depth than like, I thought it was going to be. Like stuff about pickup winding in here? Yeah. I would not have guessed that it would require an entire thick book to cover all this information. I guess everything that I... Oh, because it covers every single guitar ever. Like, here's a Mustang wiring diagram. And here's a P-Base 51. And the, Oh, there's the wiring for the shielding in a guitar. Wow, this is a Fret King El Cat, which just looks like, I mean, it's a two humbucker thing, but I guess there's... It's got a very Vericoil. Unique wiring situation. Gibson Les Paul 1950s wiring. It, this looks exhaustive. Like, yeah, it's got everything. That's wild. Rickenbacker 4003. And it like... I always like just go to like SeymourDuncan.com or whatever, but like this is the sort of thing where if you have this on your shelf and you're a tech, you open you open it up and you can make notes. You mm -hmm. can like be like, ah, I prefer it with like try this capacitor or try, you know, just sketch out your own little thing and it becomes like your guitar wiring bible. Blower switches. Okay, there's all sorts of mods. Oh, the, the, this whole, like, purple section here is modifications. Huh. Fender TBX tone control. Oh, this looks like a, this is really interesting stuff. Passive treble and bass tone. All right, treble bleed options. Interesting. Coil splitting, I needed that the other day. <laughs> Adding a ground wire to Telecaster pickups. So this, right. this book is, let's see, where's the, oh, that's the name. The the brand is uh, the folks who got uh, in contact with me. It's Hayes Guitar, but it's actually uh, Hayes Guitar. It's H-A-Z-E, but it's his name is Jerry Hayes. That's, I'm trying to see if you can buy this on the website. Yeah, what's the uh, price for it? He says, at the end, it says, Complete Guitar Wiring will be available from here at Hayes Guitars as a digital download uh, for $40. A print version will be available on Amazon and costs vary. 
Right now, I'm seeing it on Amazon. Uh, this version, the paperback, is on sale right now for $37.35. How much was the digital download? $40. So this Buy is actually the paper. cheaper than the, digi- than the digital. And I would say, like you said, like this is a great like shelf reference. No, if 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 I was going to pay for this, I'd want the physical thing cuz then you can put post-it notes in it, you can draw on the pages, you can make little yeah. notes. It's it, it's going to be a hard reference that you can have in front of you. How do pots work? How do pots work? I like it. And all the diagrams look like they're really well done. The, yeah, pr- the print cool. is nice and big on it too, so you can have it on the table, kind of far away, while you're working on the guitar. You don't have to have. I think every, I, you know what? I know a lot of this information is a lot of this information is available online if you Dude, if it, you dig. Every well, time, every okay. You know what else? You know what else is also all available online now is basically everything that you will find in a Haynes manual. But when you're laying on your back or right. maybe you're on your workbench and you want to wire something up, sometimes like go into a phone reference. I, I find phones really good for like, oh, I, I need to watch a YouTube video on how to do a thing. But sometimes just sitting down with something that's like a diagram that's physical. And also a like, lot of, a lot of these diagrams are on Seymour on Seymour. Like the, this style of diagram could be available on Seymour Duncan's website. I always print those because it's hard for me to work off of like my phone right. or a small screen. You're always I'm trying take to take out to my bench. Wake this up your is phone. Perfect. You lay this out here. Maybe like if I'm having trouble with the weight, put a pedal on there to hold the book open and, and do your work. There's this also something, fantastic. there's also something to be said for a consistent reference. Yeah. Where like every single time that I, I do a coil split or some wiring that I've done before, but I don't quite remember how I did it because last time I did it was a year ago or something like that. Yeah. I have to search for it again and I pull, I pull up some resources. Like, I don't think this is the one I worked off of last time. You have this on your shelf. It's the same reference every single time. And like I said, you write notes. Excuse me. Oh, it's happening. Oh, John, a John the Sullivan's time. on the, Solis on the, on the quote on the back. Nice. Uh, I want to say right now, I'm not a fan of hooks on headstocks. Soli is the one of the very few builders I've seen pull it off. Like oh, for some okay. reason, his hook on his headstock just works. And I think it's because of the style of builds that he does, but it's also a nice, subtle little hook. So solely, if you're listening out there or if someone tells solely, uh, you know, like I appreciate your headstocks. I, I, I dog on hooks on headstocks like bottle openers, but it's, it's not enough of a hook to be a bottle opener. In my opinion, it's like when it pushes into that full bottle opener territory, that's when it starts catching my eye weird. He does it right. Like if you're going to do a hook on a headstock, go study uh, Soli's headstock shape. I'll have a link to this, the page. Did I tell you that I had no, a dream okay. about Soli? No, that's, are you going to tell the story right now? No, I had a, I had a dream that I hired Soli to make me a heavy metal Moserite. Oh, yeah. That would be cool. That would be cool. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't wake up and want to follow through on it, but it's like, it was a fun dream. <laughs> All right, Ryan, I have bad news. Okay, tell me. This is going to be a long episode. Uh, this episode is brought to you by, this isn't bad news. This episode is brought to you by Chaseless Audio. This is the Mood Mark II. Yeah, it is. Um, 
They it's make, purple. They make lots of other things. If you want, right, actually, I don't know. They maybe they're all gone now. But the mood version ones went on sale for thirty percent off. Oh, did they? I can't imagine there's any left, but it's worth checking. If if you don't want all of the features of the mood Mark II, I thought about getting a version one, but everything I've read about the Mark II just makes it sound like the, the original version's not worth it. I don't know. Here's what I'll say: the 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 version one is great. It's fantastic. The the, the the you know I've I've spent maybe a couple hours with this playing on my mm-hmm. own. Uh, it's definitely a lot smoother as far as like kind of the, the the data sweep goes on the clock stuff on the on the version one. It gets into gritty lo-fi stuff and like grindy kind of bit sounds okay. and stuff. The mood version two doesn't do that. So if you want the gritty bit crush sort of thing then the version one is one that you absolutely do need to get. If you want a more smoother effect, then the version two is the way to go. Yeah. So go check it out. Chasebliss.com. This episode is also brought to us, to us, to them, to all of us, to all of us by pickup music. The pickup music is an online guitar learning platform. Steve has been using it. I've been using it. He knows how to play guitar I really like it. Uh, I wouldn't say I know how to play guitar, but I understand more things about guitar, which is important. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, Steve is getting caged. I, I think the thing for me that's important is, is I've realized as I've gotten older, like guitar is one thing I never really tried to like analyze. Mm. And I definitely have a very like analytical approach to things. Uh, so, um, this is really helpful with that. Uh, the platform that's like, basically it's designed for intermediate and advanced guitarists. I would I would never call myself an intermediate guitarist. I guess I would I always felt like I was on the front end of that. Um, you mean the beginning end of that? Like on the beginning side of okay. of intermediate, but it's very broad. Uh, the the stuff I started with basically requires you to know a C chord, an A chord, a G chord, an E chord, and a D chord, and you're good to go. And like how to bar some things. I um, I would classify you as a happy hobbyist. That's fair. Uh, there, each, each of the lessons is broken down into six grades. So I've completed one of the grades for the caged system and, and you're moving into I'll second grade, moving into second grade. I'll be going through all of them. Second grade um, is a big deal, Steve. That's each, where like things really get figured out. They're you know? all broken down into daily lessons. Some of them are sh- pretty short, so you could probably do a couple lessons a day if you were like really itching for it. Like you could do, could you do a lesson on like a Tuesday night? Yeah. How many lessons could you bust out on a Saturday? Oh, uh, I mean, so so this past, so yesterday, Tuesday, uh, I spent like maybe an hour doing it. I'd already done a bunch of the lessons. And the thing that I needed to do, which is actually what I was about to talk about, is they offer personalized feedback. Um, they, they You can ask questions and stuff. But one of the things that you can do is when you get to the end of the grade, there's performance pieces. So you can film yourself. They actually like... Say like, hey, if you want, film yourself recording the performance piece, send it to us, and we'll give you some feedback. So I actually got to do that, and that that's a really cool feature. That is I fun. spent like an hour. That's a personal oh my, touch. Oh my god! I like I this stupid piece. It was like two and a half minutes long, and I just I wanted to make a like a good video. <laughs> so I just sat there, and I I swear I must have done like 20 takes of this thing at least there's your practice right there just the act of forcing hey, you hey, to make a video is going to make you I know like there practice. there's like a lot there's a lot to be said for that um there's a lot of lessons there it's 14.99 a month but you get to try it for free 
full access for 14 days. Two so, weeks. So like I was saying, like some of these lessons packs, like in two weeks, you can do a lot of damage. You're obviously like, I think two weeks is a good amount of time to get in there, get as much as you can and decide like, is this what I, what I want to help me on my guitar journey? Here's, it's it, definitely a super useful tool. You the, think about it, 15 bucks a month is 50 cents a day. If you, <laughs> so, you, I haven't had a chance to be on there yet. Yeah, I, I will. I will check it out when I have a chance. I want to film myself and ha- let them critique me. Um, so you've been able to check it out for a couple weeks yeah. now. Yeah. If, if someone did it, let's say four lessons a week. Sure. On a free trial. That's what so, I was trying to do. So, it's about so, four, four lessons a week. So they get, they get realistically eight lessons in, in their two, in their free week to, in their, in their two week free trial. Yeah. Do you feel like there's a pretty expansive amount of, of material left over? So, so eight, so the whole thing's broken down into, into days, right? Um, I think each grade is basically one day. Like the grades are designed to be completed in one week. So if you're only doing four lessons a week, you're basically going to, in your two week period, you're going to complete one grade. Now, depending on what you're looking for, uh, that might be a a lot of material that's remedial. Like for me, like the cage stuff was a little bit remedial, but it was also really good to like see it laid out in a way that I hadn't thought about it. So that made sure. it challenging. But if I was to go into the blues, like the blues masterclass, which I probably shouldn't, I, my guess is I'm not good enough. Well, you, but, we don't need to risk there being a new Bonamassa yeah. on but, the scene. There's only like, so much room in this like, world for I, a blues master. If I went into that and I'd spent like, you know, did uh, four lessons a week on that, I think I would get a really good sense of like where I was going. I think two weeks is a good amount of time to like get a really good sense of what's going on. And if you do one a day, you're going to complete two grades or maybe you do one like grade one of blues and grade one of Neo soul. Okay. So if you're doing a lesson a day, you're going to do a grade a week. Yeah. Something like that. And how many grades are there? Six per. Okay. So you you could essentially complete the entire course in a couple months. Yeah. And you get the first two weeks free. Yeah. All right. Sounds compelling. I want to check yeah, it out. I think it's really cool. I, I've enjoyed what I've done so far. It's gotten me back into not aimlessly thinking like, what song did I hear on the radio today that I want to learn? Like it's given me a little bit more direction. Mm, sure. And that, um, but yeah, I think it, it's been, it's been beneficial for me for sure. Do you feel uh, uh, upset at all that you're not self-taught anymore? I mean, in you a feel way, ashamed. like, do, if you take online lessons, are you no longer self-taught? That's a good question, right? I think you are. I don't think you're self-taught anymore because you sent a video and they critiqued you. Ah, yeah, right. you haven't, you have an official teacher. Does that now. mean you're not self, were you ever self-taught? Uh, I think the majority of what I do is self-taught, but then it's like, you know, I didn't, you know, all the knowledge that I have came from other places. Right. But you put videos on the internet and people critique you. <laughs> That's true. I'm self-taught. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I, I've been given lessons now. I've been taken to school many times by commenters. <laughs> uh, I, I was going to say, uh, check it. We got a link in the 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 whatever. Yeah, in the whatever the down, down below. Down go below. click the link. Go click the link. Yeah, go check. Get your two week free trial. If you got some time to do some lessons, check out the free trial and then cancel it. Don't get charged. Cancel it if you don't like it or if you if you don't see any value in it. Or but if you or give it a shot. Hopefully you like it. It'll help us if you check out the free trial. <laughs> So give it a shot. (laughs) All right, man, you ready to hit this topic? I am. Let's, uh, you're right. This is going to be a long episode. We're 55 minutes in. Um, Let me, let me pull up the screen grab so that we get all the wording right here. Um, There she is. Lucas Lee asked, is it worth buying a big name guitar, Fender, Gibson, et cetera, when so many more affordable options, Squire, Epiphone, et cetera, are such good quality instruments? If so, when and why so this is this it, it there's the direction that the question goes that lucas goes is like yeah you do you do you need to buy name brand fender gibson mm-hmm. when the sub brands exist and the sub brands are very good your squires your epiphones so on your sterlings are are really oh, fun yeah. guitars you know there's all sorts of brands that have sub brands there's also a bunch of brands that exist that are close to those prices without having a sub brand like that, that guild that I've been covering, Mm -hmm. that's a $700 guitar. That's, you know, it's, it's more than a Squire, but it's less than a Fender. Schecter is historically well known for like their sub thousand. But you could also, you could also look at this through the lens of like, you know, you could spend $2,200 on a USA Fender or you could also find a, a, a small builder, a boutique mm-hmm, builder, mm-hmm. and go way off of the beaten path as far as brand name goes. You could get a guitar that no one else in your neighborhood has heard of before. Yeah. And I think we live in, not, not to get too far ahead of the topic right out of the gate, but I think we live in a pretty incredible time when it is easy to find all these other brands and find information letting you know if they're worthwhile and I really like there's no reason then to not, to not check out those brands. Like there's an allure to name brands. There's yeah. a, okay. Yeah. What, 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 what are the, the, the P what are the perks to going name brand Fender Gibson, Ibanez, etc. I think resale value. It's, sure. It's easy to, to, to resell. Yeah. Yeah. A Fender. It's easy to resell a Gibson and so on and so on because people know what they're getting into. There's yeah, something like, uh, you know, you got a couple, of, you got a Player Plus back here. Right. You got this 80s MIJ Jag, right? Yeah, yeah. Either of those you could sell on Reverb. No, you could list yeah. it. You could list it tonight and it would sell by the morning if the price was right. It's not even about the time that it takes, but it's just like no one's going to have uh, big questions. or And if it is, it's going to be like, oh, was there, you know, what's been replaced on these or whatever. Sure. It's, yeah. it's not going to be like, I don't know anything about that brand. What What is that, you know? Yeah. It's easy to resell name brand guitars because people can look at the models. There's plenty of information out there. There's plenty of other people on the internet who have personal experiences with those models and can share that mm-hmm. information. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, you know, like you, the smaller brand you go and the more obscure you go, the less information there is and the less sure yeah. you are in what you're buying. So those are those are elements of why you would want to go a big name brand because you'll be sure of what you're buying and the resale value is there. Yeah. But as far as like 
playable guitars go and guitars that will work for you and guitars that'll sound good and will last the test of time. I mean, there's no reason a Squire or an Epiphone won't last the test of time. There's no, there's no parts on a guitar that go bad. They're not made out of cheese. They're not dairy products. (laughs) They're not fish, you know, like, if you wear out a if you wear out a squire, you're probably gonna wear out a USA fender. Right. You know. I mean, I guess the only thing with that is like if you wear out a squire, the cost of a fret job is gonna be like two thirds of the cost of the right. original guitar. Whereas like refretting a, an American fender, it's like it almost feels like well, it's just an expensive oil change. Right. You know, it's maintenance it, it, on it's maintenance. Yeah. Uh but that shouldn't necessarily be a driver. For, for the purchase. And I think what, whether or not where you go with this is very dependent on, um, per, I, I, I almost want to say like, it depends on purpose mm. and maybe this is like too specific of an example. Um, but I saw on uh, gear talk, praise and worship. It's back to its original name again. Uh, somebody said that, uh, they they've been uh, the guitar player at this church for ten years. They've been a volunteer, presumably a volunteer there the whole time, and the church has decided, or the the staff at that church has decided that they want to buy this guy a three thousand dollar guitar. Oh wow! Any, anything he wants for three thousand dollars, and a lot of he, so he's like, "What should I consider? I've never like been in this kind of price range." What should I consider? And my thought with that was actually, and this was my suggestion, was like, go buy the oldest Gibson or Fender that you can get. Like, this is your opportunity to get into an investment, like piece. An investment piece. And I don't think, like, we there is resale value. And I'm not saying that you should think resale value. This is maybe a unique position where I would say, like, well, in that scenario, it's like you don't want to buy something that you're not going to use. Sure, but within I, the, but, but at you the, know, at this point, it's, it's, it's a it's a work purchase to a certain extent. Where it's like right. it is a gift, but it's also like we want you know the. I I think part of that though is like right now a three thousand dollar Fender is like a nineteen seventy eight Telecaster or right. like a nineteen eighty two Gibson Les Paul. Like you're not getting anything that's so old that you wouldn't want to play it out. Right. I think right. you're still going to get like a lot of guitar. You're still get a player's guitar. Yeah. Uh, but a still be like a workhorse instrument that you're not like, it's not like, you know, a 65 uh, jazz master or something. And even that's only probably about what, uh, six, five, six grand. I think we talked about that not too long ago. Um, and that's the thing that's going to continue. That, that is like a proven, I, and I don't like to think about it this way, but it's like a proven, you're right. You're value. not gonna. You're not gonna. You're not gonna lose money. Yeah. Um, you know, like the, the guitar market is would have to change incredibly dramatically for you to lose money on an investment yeah. guitar like that. I mean, like my gut, if 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 I was in that situation, is I'd like I'd be going to straight to like a cower or something like that. Yeah. But yeah. The, you, you know, in the long term, like I, I the I, the resaleability and the, you know the collectability as far as it would stand up against a vintage Fender or Gibson or other name brand established guitar is debatable. This Absolutely. Is, this is a really dumb distinction. Uh-huh. I, it, but like my, my mindset on this is if somebody said, I want to buy this for you, then I'm thinking more about investment piece. 
But if I'm buying it, then I think I'm going to go, like you said, like I'm going to go with a, a cower or maybe, a, you know, a Grez or whatever. Weirdly, I feel... Re- get a get a Balgur. Weirdly, I feel reversed on that because the intention of the purchase is for use. I would be buying with uh, use first. And I would also mm-hmm. be thinking about it in terms of passing the buck. You know, like I'm being blessed with a very gracious gift. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could go buy a vintage, uh, you know, a vintage piece. You're only putting money back into the vintage system. You're putting money into the pockets of an investor who bought it lower than that. That's, trying to flip that's it. fair. Like you, or you could take that money and you could put it into the pocket of a small builder who's practicing their craft and, you know, is, isn't using that money to go flip vintage pieces. You know, mm-hmm. so there's a moral dilemma there. There's also the moral dilemma of should a church actually be <laughs> buying instruments like that? Would it, wouldn't it be better to, if they were going to spend that money on an employee, wouldn't it be better to funnel that into a bonus and let them decide you know, what to do with it? You know, there's a lot of, a lot of ways to look at that. Um, you know, and if you pay the employee that as a bonus, then they're going to pay taxes on it personally. (laughs) But this guy's like a volunteer. Oh, he's a volunteer. Okay. My understanding at least is that he's a volunteer. That's well, they might be looking at it like this guy does so much volunteer work that he might as well, you know, we we feel bad that he's not an employee. So let's bless him, you know, sort of thing. Well, yeah. Um, there's a lot of it, you know, like maybe I'm tackling this more intensely than the commenters (laughs) even would, but like, you know, there's, there's, what it gifts make me feel uh self-conscious and so thinking in that like especially a generous gift like that i want you to i want you to say two words okay thank thank you you yes you're done no that's that's you know our, our 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 friend's dad david um he 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 said wise words to us once that is like if people give you money say thank you, you know? <laughs> like, no, yeah, yeah. like if people give you something even if you feel like it's too much if you feel mm-hmm. like oh this is like this is a lot just say thank you thank you for them accepting a gift is as much as is as much a gift as giving a gift right it's kind of my mentality if someone wants to give you something don't don't push it away. Don't refuse. Like they're them giving you that gift is a gift to them. They want to yeah. do it. I, I get what you're saying though. Like, especially in that where like, it's a gift that you're getting because you've been a long standing volunteer. Sure. Like you, there's a part of you that's like, well, let me get something that's going to help me be, uh, maybe, maybe a better volunteer in the future is the wrong wording, but like, it's connect- something that's going to be connected. It's connected to, to the, the spirit of the, you know, yeah. Why it's being given. So, you know? so I think going back to the question, like, I think it would be rude for, for that person to go buy uh, something that had nothing to do right. with what they're doing there. Like, it, like they went and ordered that, that solely heavy metal mode, they're, right? They're going to, they're going to go, they're going to go uh, get like the, uh, the Gene Simmons act bass. Right. Right. They're going to get the, 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 the devil lady guitar. That's, <laughs> The ESP. The ESP that's, that's carved like a naked devil lady. <laughs> um, going back to the original question, I think it really depends on the individual. Um, I think, you know, like you said, there's a lot of really good 
squires out there. We talked about There's last a, week, like the, yeah. the Epiphone prophecies I've heard are very good. Um, I, I really need to like, there's not a, there's a guitar think, center, not too far from me. I need to go to guitar center again, just to, cause I haven't been in one in a couple of years. I don't think there's been a guitar above 350, $350 that I've run into in say the past decade that I didn't think was a giggle gigable guitar that could potentially last you a lifetime. Like you could argue for mods and things like that, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but gu guitars these days are that that price and sometimes even lower are fantastic and absolutely yeah. playable. Absolutely. Like you can go your whole life with just that one guitar and it'll work. It'll just work for you. Like yeah. you might, you'll have to do maintenance as you do on everything, but you'd have to do that on an expensive guitar as well. Good affordable guitars these days are incredibly well built mm -hmm. especially mm -hmm. compared to even budget guitars in the 90s definitely oh, budget guitars in the 90s were bad but there was a lot of stinkers but there was also a lot of really bad guitars in previous decades too yeah. like yeah. i'd say starting in the 2000s is when things started getting really good for budget mm -hmm. guitars mm -hmm. and they just seem to keep getting better and better and better so it's a know, bubble. It's going to burst. Maybe it will. No, I don't maybe, know. You know, we um, might see a future where it's like, wow, you really can't get yourself into a decent guitar under, you know, $1,500 anymore. Like this, the, you know, but it's going to be a $1,500 Squire. Right. <laughs> Fender, Fender Mexican will be three grand. Right. Right. And then it'll return to all these really weird department store, you know, but it'll be made in some country that hasn't even been formed yet. You know, they're going to, they're going right. to, you know, make new land in the middle of the Pacific ocean out of the garbage pile. They're just going to compact it all together oh and start building factories out there and making guitars out of sea trash. You know, yeah. I, I think, I think some of it is, is it's going to be very headspace dependent. There's a, I forget what company it is, but, uh, there's all like, so there's some company that's like such and such because only a such and such will do like, I don't, right. I don't, only that's a like Gibson a, is good enough. Is that a, is that a thing Gibson maybe. says? I don't know. It's, it sounds like it, right? There's like brands that have that you type know, of slogan. Maybe Gillette is the best a man can get. Yeah. And if that's like the headspace that you're in, not because of sloganing or whatever, but because like you got an itch and no matter how good that Epiphone you bought is, you're always going to wonder like, is there is the Gibson option better than just there get, get the Gibson? Definitely consumers where their enjoyment of a product of a guitar playing experience is brand dependent. The hype beasts out there, yeah, like you feel a sense of pride that you were able to achieve earning the money that it takes to buy something to you that in your youth felt unobtainable and now you can get it. I completely understand that sense of pride and that sense of uh, aspirational purchasing and things like that. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. I think there's nothing wrong with spending a bunch of money on a guitar as long as it's not a financial burden to you, as long as it's not financially irresponsible. Go spend your money. There's so many dumb things that we all have to spend our money on every day. Like spend your money on something that brings you joy as long as it's financially responsible or have fun penny pinching and exploring all, you know, the budget stuff that's out there. All right. This is a Behringer super fuzz. It sure is Steve. 
for a lot of people who watch this show, for a lot of people who don't watch this show, this fuzz is just fine. Oh, but like it can it's be gonna, better than just fine. It's going to do what you need it to do. You can light it on fire, so on and so forth. I, I, I think, I don't know, Blake did that at the Tone Mob on TikTok. Um, but, you know, does that mean, like, everybody should run out and buy a $30 super? I mean, a, a lot of people did do that. Sure. Um, but that doesn't mean, like, the $150 version of a fuzz or a $250 version of a fuzz isn't good or better or worse. It's just different. And sometimes I think guitars are like that, too. The price points go up. You know, Fender versus Squire, even though they're, like, the same company, like, it's just different, allows them to do different models at different points. I always tell this story. And there, and there are tangible differences at price points. Yeah. Like there's, you know, a, a guitar that, like 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 my Fender Player Plus Strat mm-hmm. feels and plays and sounds nicer and better than a, a Squire Classic Vibe. It just does. Yeah. yeah. A Squire Classic Vibes are fantastic. But the Player Plus, it's made in Mexico. It's not even USA made. Yeah. It feels leagues better. It's to a me. plus. It's a plus. It's got it's a, a plus, plus on there. It looks leagues better yeah. to me. I enjoy it more than mm-hmm. a budget guitar. Do I need it to play like me? No, absolutely you, you'd not. You'd be fine with a classic vibe. Oh, I'd, I'd thing, be great. Thing, I'd be thing, great with the a thing classic, we've said for vibe. years. And like my experience with classic vibes was a little different. I remember I went to Guitar Center. This probably now is ten years, close to ten years ago, eight years ago. I think we did have the show. Um, and I played, I think, four or five different Telecasters. One Classic Vibe, and then I think um, uh, maybe a 72 Deluxe, which is, I think, an uh, Asian import, uh, Mexican Fender, American Fender. I might have played one other uh, Telecaster uh, Fender. And the Squire was the best one. Mm. It, sa- it sounded the best, and it felt right. Best is what you prefer. So you know? there, there is... there's. Sometimes, like, you know, sometimes an instrument that maybe doesn't have, you know, the the perks that uh, make it a little more expensive. Like, rolled fingerboard edges are great, but that doesn't mean every guitar that, you know, is a $500 upcharge because it's got rolled fingerboard edges is going to be a better guitar than an instrument without rolled fingerboard edges. Sure. It just means it's going to have that one factor that... It will be better in just the, I mean, the, the, the real message here is do what you want. Be responsible with your money. Like don't feel pressured into getting to something that you, you can't afford or that you don't even want. Let's just get, get what you want and what you can reasonably afford responsibly afford, you know, have fun. It's called playing guitar. You're supposed to have fun. All right. Let's I think do, we knocked this out. Let's do the last ad. And uh, and this wrap this up because this is gonna be a long one. This is a Fender King vintage 1960s Fender King solid body electric. This was a pieced together guitar. Someone took a 1960s Fender King acoustic guitar neck and put it on a Music Master type body with a gold finish. The pickup is a Seymour Duncan Antiquities and it sounds great. Lots of cool, warm vintage tone wiring is like a 50s Telecaster. So. <laughs> I think this is really fun, and I don't hate it at all. In fact, oh, like thirteen hundred dollars is what they're asking. It it 
it re- it reminds me of my bullet Mustang, the way it's mm-hmm. hand painted gold. Uh, it's got a funky neck on there. I'm not the thing I'm not into is the bridge <coughs> cover. I I I can't play with bridge covers because I palm mute right on oh, the saddles. Okay. You know, I'm always rolling my my hand on on and off the saddles there. I think this is. Because we've seen before people taking the necks off of those old Fender acoustics and putting them on very solid bodies. I think this is the best example I've ever seen. I think this is, I think it works. I think it looks really classy. Even because it has the curved part at the end of the fretboard for the sound hole Mm -hmm. that you'd find on the acoustic. And it just looks good on here. Part of what makes it work really well is I think because the pick guard is this customized arch that, yeah that arch shape it, i think it, that arch really because the the round part of the top of the arch matches i don't know if it, it doesn't like maybe exactly it match, mirrors but it. it's a geometric mirror right yeah, that's, it, a, it, that's a good word it, it's a callback yeah. and then you get that again with that kind of like kidney bean control plate i and and the antiquity pickup this aged and kind of yellowed it looks really cool. Like if I was if I was a Fender Custom Shop guy, I would look at this and be like, "Huh, huh." There's some ideas that I can that I can work with here. Okay, something I'm confused about. Okay, is this bridge cover cut? It looks odd to me. I don't know if this if I it feels like it's homemade. Like, I'm not, I don't know where this came from because it's an odd angle on it, isn't it? It looks like it's a, like a trapezoidal. Yeah. It's, which it's, I'm pretty sure they should, they're usually not. No, this doesn't look like an off the shelf, shelf part to me. It looks like someone made that. I, I understand what you're saying. Like, it's kind of in an awkward position, maybe for certain playing positions, but I think it looks good. Oh yeah, I think I it think looks it really interesting. With, I think it fits with the aesthetic. Everything about this is kind of that. Uh, well, I, I guess uh, now they call it like retro futuristic, right? Where sure, it, sure. It's jets. It's the Jetsons' future. Yeah. It's the, there's so many things besides the bridge cover that I'm not fond of. I think if if um, you know Fender Custom Shop looked at this like I hinted at and did their own take on this, I think it would have a Tele bridge with the Tele cover, mm-hmm. the bridge cover over it, um, doing like a no caster sort of thing. But there's so much about this that I really enjoy looking at. I even really like the headstock, and I think it's really fun that it's from the the King model guitar. And then has that little Elvis sticker on yeah, the neck plate. Like, that's the right amount of Elvis tribute. It is. Uh, the, something that's kind of a little funky about this, though, is you've got this neck on this guitar, and they're charging, what, $1,300 for this? They're asking yeah. $1,300. And I found an ad on Reverb that was a ended listing for a Fender King, a 1963 Fender King. And it sold for four thousand dollars. No, it, it ended. At $4, it ended. $4, okay, it, it's. Pro- I'm sure there's cheaper examples of it out there, but I think most of that price of this guitar is the neck, because they they hint like this a you know, it's a style body. It is not yeah. actually, 
you know, what was it? The, the, the music master body, it is a music master style body. So yeah. they're not, they're not copying to the actual, you know, <laughs> uh, history or maker model of that body. Cause it's something else. And you can tell it's something else because it doesn't have the routing that a fender body would have mm-hmm. for the control cavity and stuff like that. Who knows the age of the body? We know the age of the neck. It's a 1960s neck. It looks like it's in decent condition. It probably plays and feels really fun. Thirteen hundred dollars though. Like what's what's where are you on that? I just found a Fender guitar vintage rare pre CBS Rosewood King. So instead of just saying King on the headstock, it says Indian Rosewood King uh-huh. on the headstock for thirteen fifty. On eBay, that's the complete guitar. That is the acoustic guitar, and it comes All with the right. case. All right. Uh, I didn't realize it in this picture. Just if you can find just someone selling just the neck, check that. Check out the saddle. Someone. Oh, it's got an adjustable saddle bridge on it. Yeah, they're funky, but I bet it works. I, I mean, mean it, it is probably a pretty you know like interesting, unique sounding acoustic guitar. I'm not seeing just the neck. I don't. I think it's going to be hard to just find only the neck. Yeah. It makes um, makes me think that the the neck came into this body because the the original body got damaged in oh, some maybe. irreparable way. I like that though. I like looking at it. Like this is idea bait. Like this is like vision board stuff. Like mm-hmm. the the neck heel, the pit guard. The color, the control plate, the headstock. It, I like it all. There is a Fender Malibu neck, no heart, uh, no tuners that you can buy for under four hundred dollars. All right, I, I. But then you got to go with a different theme. You can't put Elvis on the back. You got to put a, a little Chevy Malibu <laughs> on the back, or you got to put like I don't know what else is Malibu. You got to put a Barbie on the back. Right, Malibu Barbie. Sure, sure. I mean, if it's going to be a Malibu neck, then I'm going to have to have a wiggle stick on there because it has to be a surf guitar, right? Um, I, I feel like in my gut there's room for if, some, if I was going to buy this, mm-hmm. I would want to make an offer around 700 Yeah, that, I think that sounds... That sounds fair. But then another part of my gut is like, I admire it so much. I'm just like, they, they should ask what they want to ask. They can, I mean, they can ask what they want to ask. They can. I just don't know if they're going to get a buyer at 1300. Sure. Sure. It was listed listed a month ago. 88 watchers. Only 1300. They're not, they're not even taking offers. They're not taking offers. So they're either, they're dead set on that or they're not going to sell. Yeah. This is the wife price. It's tough. It's tough to be able to know um, without being able to hold it. Yeah, that's fair. You know, like if, if I could hold it and know how good it felt or how bad it felt, then I would be able to make a decision on what I would feel comfortable paying for it. So without knowing that, I, I really can't say anything. All right. What do you think, Steve? Are, are we wrapped it up? We've wrapped it up. Which which one won? Who's getting the twenty five dollar gift certificate this, um, this week? 
We've got the Split Six, we've got the Hot Licks Flamey Guitar, and we've got the Fender King. I'm going King. Right. I'm going King. King got it. King is King. Congratulations, uh, Nick Knight. Yeah, I think that was. That, it's rare that, that the one last ended up being ad a lot, gets it. That one ended up being a lot more fun to talk about than I thought it was going to be. Well, I think we got excited about, especially an hour and twenty minutes into an episode. We still have energy. Second episode of the night too, and we're like, this is the one. Maybe we're just excited to be done for the night. Still the one. <laughs> I like that little crack in your voice, yeah, Steve. I don't. Still the one. Uh, this was like a teenager singing to his girlfriend. <laughs> This. We're still having fun, and you're still the one. That's a different. You're still the one. I oh, was, is it? I was doing Shania Twain. Oh, oh wow, you were super off. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sing more Shania Twain for me. No, I'm good. I don't even remember uh, how her, her song went. No, dude, we used to clown on that song all the time because that's the one that starts. Looks like we made it. Look how far there we come go. now, baby. Yeah, that song's called You're Still the One. Anyway, this song is called Sidewinder. It's by RBX, who says, Hi, guys, and thanks for all the great knowledge and laughs. I don't know about knowledge, but okay. And uh, he's laughing at us. I get I, it. Since I joined you a couple of years ago, I'm a retired guitar and bass tech and gigging guitar player. I now record my own band projects in a silent studio setting. Sidewinder is one of them. Here we go. He, he sent it via Dropbox. Ah. <sighs>
fun little like weird freaky groove there. Yeah. Yeah. Had, like some like fun little dissonant atonal like moments that tickle my ear I in think a that fun was, way. I think that was the sidewinding part. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of had some like cowboy, like some Southwest vibes to it. Mm-hmm. I like but that. But also some funk. Yeah. Had some funk to it. I like the, I like the, the bass line that was in there a lot. Like the mm-hmm. right amount of simple and weird. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. It, I like it. Keep working on that. Develop that more. Make a bridge or something. <laughs> Lyrics. I don't know. Or you're done. It's up to you. Make a bridge. Get over it. <laughs> I don't know. No, I, I like. I think it was. I think it was a good piece. Yeah. All right. Bye, everyone. Stay grounded. <laughs>